Jesus, what should I do? And so this is where he's led me, and I hope tonight you're blessed. Um, and just and just the the coming together of the saints of Christ to remember Jesus' birth. And our, our, our topic on Sunday was whether Christmas or Easter was more important. Uh, that question came from an eight-year-old uh, from our church, and uh, she called me later that day, and she said, well, you didn't tell me the answer. So I had to call her and tell her which is more important. Truthfully, you can't have one without the other. You need the birth of Christ. You need the death of Christ. You need the, 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 the burial of Christ and the resurrection of Christ. And so tonight I want you to turn to, if you can see in your Bibles, turn to John chapter 1, verse 1. And like I said, I'm not sure if this is a traditional Christmas uh, verse or passage, but this is where we're going to be tonight. John chapter 1, verse 1, where, where Luke and Matthew deal with the, the, the birth of Jesus, that's where we get our, our manger scene, the wise men, the shepherds. Uh, we get the whole nativity narrative from those two books primarily. John deals with, let's call it behind the scenes, the things that physically, uh, or I should say uh, spiritually were taking place to bring about the birth of Jesus, the purpose for the birth of Jesus. Galatians chapter 4, Paul says that Jesus came to this earth at a perfect time. It was not coincidental. He didn't just choose some random time. The reason that he came 2,000 years ago was a specific design plan of the Lord. John chapter 1, first, says, first 1 says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, John the Baptist. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all men might believe him, believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. Verse 9 says, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was made through, excuse me, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word of God became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John, John the Baptist again, bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he, has, he was before me. Verse 16, For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, uh, the only God, rather, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Pray with me real quick. Jesus, your word is good. It, it is, it is, it is you, the word, we just read, the word, you were the word become flesh. Father, lead us through your Holy Spirit. Whether we are Christian or a non-Christian tonight, whether we are, are religious or not religious, spiritual or not spiritual, Lord, Jesus, pierce the darkness tonight. We give you the, the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to tell you that because of divine providence, because we live in a nation 
that is relatively lax when it comes to religion. Jesus, the idea of Jesus, who he is, what he taught, what he represents, is, is somewhat overlooked and taken for granted. Jesus is lumped into so many other uh, religions, faiths, beliefs, walks, what have you. And so we as a people, even Christians, we take Jesus for granted. We simply overlook or, or, or think to ourselves that we know all that is to be known about Jesus. I'm here to tell you tonight that both verbally I will tell you and symbolically, symbolically through what we've done with the sanctuary, that there is a great darkness. Before the earth was made in Genesis chapter 1, which, which John echoes in John chapter 1, in Genesis chapter 1 it says the earth was uh, without form and void. It was this place to, of, of non-creation. It says that the Holy Spirit hovered over the waters. God began to speak forth things. Let there be light. Let there be land. Let there be water. Let there be uh, a great number of things, ultimately uh, ending with let there be man. This darkness was, was, was a darkness that we cannot pierce, that we cannot break. This darkness is a darkness caused by, by a lack of God. And whether you are a Christian or a non-Christian tonight, I want you to not mistake dark, to not mistake light, uh, darkness for light. Some of us right now, our eyes are becoming acclimated to the light in here, aren't we? We're beginning to see a little more clearly. I can, for myself, uh, from up here, I can see some of the, the defining features of your faces now. For a moment, it was just people in pews, but now I see people that I recognize because my eyes are getting used to this light. But what has changed? Has the light gotten brighter? Has the darkness faded? No. I have simply become accustomed to the darkness. And there are many people in, 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 in right here that we know, that we love. It might be us who aren't seeing the great light of Jesus. We're simply accustomed to the darkness. We're used to the dark. So we see the dark and we think it's light. Now, now Jesus is not the, the, simply the source of light. When I'm coming to preach to you tonight, and when I'm going to keep this, excuse me, <clears throat> I'm going to keep this really short. If you're here on a Sunday morning, you're going to think you're getting away with something. It's going to be a really short message tonight. But the darkness has been overcome by Jesus, who is the light. Let me, there's a significant difference between having the light of Jesus and having Jesus, who is your light. See, we can, we can, attempt to manipulate Jesus, that he might become the light for us to shine on what we want, use him and, and call upon him for our needs. But that's like using a flashlight. And that's not what Jesus is. He's not a flashlight. He is the light. If you read the book of Revelation, you, you read about the new heavens and the new earth. You read about creation uh, being completely redone. And when we are in the presence of God, the only light source we have is the Son of God. There is no shadow. It's this perfect light that shines upon everything. John will go on throughout this gospel and in the books that he wrote, talking about the darkness and how, how evil men love darkness because it hides what they do. Some of us like darkness because we've gotten accustomed to it, but some of us like it because it hides what we have done. 
whether we are ashamed of it and don't want anybody to find out, or maybe we want to keep doing it and we want no one to find out about it. Jesus not only exposes who he is to us through this great light, but he exposes who we are through this great light. And, and folks, we are a culture. I can't speak for the rest of the world, but we as a culture, we love to lie to ourselves. We love to overlook the sin in our lives. We love to, to pretend that everything is okay. We're not that bad. Rather than come, coming before Jesus, letting his light, that, that light that he is, just simply expose what is wrong, what is, what is adverse to God, what is, what is sin, and repenting of it. And church, I'm here to tell you tonight that there is no liberation in darkness. There is only liberation when the light of Jesus shines and exposes our sin so that we might repent of it. Some of you understand repentance as an act of discipline, and it can be. But let me give it to you this way instead. Maybe tonight you can walk away with the idea of repentance being an act of grace. Because as a, as a, as a sinner, myself, I'll take myself as an example, as a sinner... God has the right to simply destroy me without explanation. I have sinned and broken his laws. He owes me nothing. But yet, as a divine, amazing, awesome, wondrous act of grace, an act of mercy, God has shown me my sin through the light of Jesus. You see, when I hold myself up against some of you, and I think about my holiness and your holiness, with some of you, I feel like I'm doing okay. With others, oh man, I'm really behind. But I see the scales between you and I, and I measure that way. But when I put myself before Jesus, and I compare myself to him, folks, the, the scales aren't just tipped. I have no shot, because his holiness is perfect and pure. His light exposes everything. So where is the darkness in your life? Where, where are you harboring darkness? Where do you think you are getting away with harboring darkness? Invite Jesus in. Not, not to feel guilty. I mean, you might feel guilty. Is that so bad? If we sin, shouldn't we feel guilt? Shouldn't we feel as though what we have done is wrong? I have lied. That's not right. I feel wrong about that. That is natural. That is good. Now, Satan might use it against you, and that's bad. And some of us might dwell on it needlessly, and that's bad too. But we shouldn't feel good about our sin. Oh, I hate my brother. Everything's okay. No, we should allow Jesus to come in and to expose. Not just through like, like a flashlight search, but just to shine radiantly in our lives. And how do we do that? Well, we invite him in. We, we through prayer, through our faith and trust in him, we invite him into our lives. We allow him to say what he needs to say. Some of you long to hear the words of God in your, your spiritual ear. You long to hear him speak to you. I tell you sometimes it is a good thing, a thing where, where it fills you with that warm, fuzzy feeling. But sometimes God tells you things that you know already and freak you out because they call you to a decision. And church, tonight my encouragement to you is just because you're comfortable in the darkness doesn't mean you're in a good place. Just because the darkness is there doesn't mean you're hidden. The light of Christ has come into the world. It is the light of men. It is the light of life. 
You see, we're not all born into light. The misconception is that we're all children of God just by default. That's not true. The Bible is completely backwards to that. We are not children of God. Isaiah puts it like this in chapter 9, verse 2, which we often quote uh, at this time of year that, that a son is given, mighty counselor, uh, all of that, the prophecy of Christ to come. But in 9 and 2, it says the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, Paul says, at one time you were in darkness. Zechariah, the, the priest in, in, in the temple, when, when Jesus is, is, is about to be born, he's given a prophecy that he's going to have a son named John who would become John the Baptist. This would be uh, one of Jesus' relatives, uh, uh, possibly an uncle. He, he's given this prophecy, and, and he, he begins to he, – he's, he's filled with the Holy Spirit and begins to prophesy. Here's what he says. That Jesus has come to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. That's Luke chapter 1, verse 79. We're not in dark, excuse me, we're not in the light simply because we exist. In and of ourselves, we are in the darkness. This is why we need Jesus. We can't find our way out of the darkness. We, we don't have a sufficient light to find our way out. We need the true source of light, light to pull us out of this darkness. But this light is good. This light is, is, is stronger than darkness. Darkness is simply the absence of light. When you have a weak light source like we have tonight, the darkness is overcoming it, isn't it? But when we have the light of Christ in our life, that, that light cannot be overcome by the darkness. That, that opening of our eyes, the opening of our spirit by being born again. This is the true desire of our heart. And some of us are just pursuing other things and filling it with other things. But that desire is for the Holy Spirit that God so willingly gives to each and every one of us. John 1 and 12 says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Some of you, I shocked you by saying you're not a child of God because you've read Chicken Soup for the Soul and you have inspirational things on Facebook that tell you you're a child of God. I will tell you that the Bible tells you that you are not. Except if you receive Jesus through faith. And then, then you become a child of God. For those of us who, who, who were maybe fatherless or had a bad example as a father this this concept is almost too big to to even wrap our little minds around and i understand that the bible says our heavenly father is a good father he loves us he may discipline us because he loves us but he does so because of 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 what he has invested in us and that's jesus you have the right tonight, if you have not already, to become a son or daughter of the Most High God. To have God the Father look upon you as one of his children. For the enmity, the war, the, the strife to be gone between you and him. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. The greatest war that is at that is happening right now is the war between God and man. 
not the not the attack on Christmas, not not all that stuff, but but the war you have between God, the enmity between you and God, the tension and the strife. Jesus comes to give reconciliation that you might become a child of the living God, that you may be able to call on him, to say, Abba, Father, to cry out to him, not just from your mouth, but from your heart. God, my Father, help me. The darkness is too much. You have the great light called Jesus. Tonight, put your hope, put your faith, put your love, put your everything in Jesus. Take all of your eggs, put them all into his basket. Say, Jesus, I am yours. Jesus, in in the same way that you came from your heavenly realm to be on this earth, let me place myself into you. Let me give my faith over to you. Let me trust you tonight in a way that maybe I never have. And church, I guarantee you that life will not be free of tears, but every tear will have a purpose. That every trial will not just be to destroy you, every trial will be made to strengthen you. You will look back upon your life, the things of your childhood, the things of your teenage years, the things of your college years and early adult years, you will look upon them and say, I see God there. I see what Jesus was doing. I see where he saved me. I wanted to go this way. He made me go that way. He will redeem your past. He will take care of your present. Matthew 6 and 33 says, Seek first the things of the kingdom of God. All these other things will be added to you. Seek the kingdom of God presently. And he will take care of your future. You will live this life. You will live it with Jesus each and every day. And then one day, Jesus will return. Whether whether before you die or not, we don't know. But he will return and he will take us to be with him. And the Bible says that he will be our God. We will be his people. And the things that we've seen in this world will be all gone. And they won't matter anymore. All that will matter is that we love Jesus and that we told our family and our children and our friends and our coworkers and the strangers and anybody and everybody that we could, we told them, please consider Jesus. Let me tell you the good news that I have heard. Let me tell you, let me tell you about this Jesus. Let me scrape away the, the, the stereotype you might know and let me give you the truth we find in the Word of God. So church, tonight, your challenge is, my challenge from you, will you give your life to Jesus tonight? Ben, I'm going to, or Sarah, you come up to play? No. Ben, can you come up and play? We're going to have an altar call. I don't know how many of you are familiar with what we do here at South Bay Chapel, but I'm going to ask you to come to the altar. As Ben plays softly, um... Pick whatever you'd like, Ben, whatever you, uh, whether it's what you played already or something else. Um, I'm going to ask you to come to the altar. Well, why the altar? You don't have to come to the altar to make a decision. The altar's not magic. It's beautiful, but it's not magic. But we can come together at this altar and lay our lives down. Romans chapter 12 says to present yourself, make yourself a living sacrifice. Lay yourself down. And so I believe that the greatest gift that you could receive tonight is the gift of salvation found only in Jesus. So go ahead and stand real quick. I'm going to begin to pray, okay? 
And I'm going to invite you up. So if you are, maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe you've been to church tons of times. You've been with your family and friends. But, but tonight, something about this message of, of darkness and light is just all making sense to you. That tonight is the night where you give your life to Jesus. Today is the day of your salvation. I would ask that you would just come up. Come to the altar. We're just going to pray with you. That's all we're going to do. Now, for those of you who maybe have backslidden, that's the Christian word. That means that there was a time in your life where, man, you loved Jesus and he loved you and you read your Bible and you went to church and then something happened. Maybe it was just change of scenery, different job, but something happened and, man, you're not where you want to be. You're not where you're supposed to be. Come on up to the altar and let's pray with you. Let's pray together. Let's, let's take one step at a time. Let's recommit your life to Christ tonight. Give yourself to Christ tonight. And maybe, maybe like Gladys said, maybe there's something else that's troubling you tonight. Maybe there's financial trouble. Maybe there's physical ailments. Maybe there's marital problems. Maybe there's problems with your past. Maybe there's doubts about your future. Maybe you're just a mess and you need Jesus. Come to the altar and let's pray together. As Pastor Ben uh, plays, I'm going to begin praying with those who are here. Um, I'm going to turn off the microphone so nobody hears you in case you were praying up here. And uh, just come up to the altar as, 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 the, as the fight ensues inside of you. As you are fighting and holding on to that pew and, and refusing to come up. Um, let Jesus win tonight. Draw near to me as I seek your glory. I want to know your love. I want to know your mercy. And at your throne, I'm on my knees. Take my flesh and pride. Let your grace abound in me. 
I give you all I am I count my life as loss I leave it at your feet as I carry my cross When darkness comes When I am weak I'll remember you, my God In your strength I'm made complete I give you all I am I count my life as loss I leave it at your feet as I carry my cross I give you all I am I count my life as loss I leave it at your feet As I carry my cross The cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back again. I will follow him. The cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back again. I will follow him. When my time has come and I've taken my last breath I will lay down my cross and sing forever, amen, 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 I give you all I am. I count my life as loss I leave it at your feet As I carry my cross I give you all I am I count it all as loss I leave it at your feet As I carry my cross
All right, we're gonna we're gonna say a prayer, and then we're gonna, if you'd like, we have refreshments in the back. There's cakes and coffee and tea and water if that's your thing. But we're just gonna have a time of fellowship and uh, hang tight before you head back there. After we pray, I have, just have a quick announcement. So let's pray. Uh, Jesus, we love you. We thank you that that so many years ago, at the perfect time, at the right time, your son left his heavenly throne to come to a dirty manger to be born to, quite honestly, Lord, a dirty people so that he might grow and live a sinless, perfect life so that one day on the cross of Calvary he might give his own life for the sins of the people that crucified him. Father, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of you. And so tonight I pray that Jesus would be our choice, that we would that we would choose salvation over damnation, that we choose that we choose freedom and liberate liberation rather than condemnation. That we would choose Christ. And we give you the praise and glory tonight, Lord. Be glorified. In your name we pray. Amen.